Welcome back to the 150K podcast where we help you go from six figures or from broke to six figures and beyond. And sometimes we can talk and sometimes we can't. Um, my special guest today, I met three weeks ago at a, a uh, mastermind in uh, Montana. Never met her before. Uh, fell in love with how funny, awesome, and great she is. Her name is Jenny McKinney, a.k.a. Jenniger. Did I say that right? Jenergy. Jenergy. Oh, I yeah. messed it up already. That's all well, right. The cool thing is with this is she's a stand-up comedian, healer, NLP master, has her own podcast. Um, for those of you who haven't met you yet, Jenergy, I'm still messing it up. It's great. That's okay. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself, what you do in general. Yeah. Well, thanks so much, Joe. I'm super excited to be here. I know we had an awesome time in Montana a few weeks ago. Uh, that was a life-changing mastermind for sure. And yeah, so I'm Jenny McKinney. I am the energy behind so much Jenergy. And laughter to the world. So I facilitate laughing meditation. I have a podcast that's uh, inspirational comedy. So we have different people on. Um, the whole goal is to raise the vibration of everybody and how they're feeling. And so I don't think people realize how instrumental laughing is in your everyday life and to healing and health. And so, yes, I'm a coach. I have a, uh, a business around coaching and I do stand-up comedy. I also do consulting and presentations and let's see. Oh, and I'm a cosmetology instructor. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, I remember that now. So you, you have a lot yeah, I was on like, your plate. Uh, <laughs> you definitely have a yeah, lot on your yeah, plate. Yeah, my plate is... Yeah, I have like a buffet size plate. Yes. <laughs> well, that's good. You can go and get whatever you want at any time that you need. So that's perfect. Um, yeah, so, it's a, yeah, it's a platter for sure. <laughs> that's great. Um, so tell us a little uh, bit more about, um, I think I saw on your website, you're doing an event soon. Is that correct up in Michigan? Yeah. Yeah. So I am doing a live laughing meditation. So I've been doing laughing meditation on Facebook two times a week, just to help people feel better in their everyday life. And now I'm going to take this into live events. It's actually going to be a 30 minute laughing meditation, which I know people are like, well, how does this work? So yeah. <laughs> I'll explain. It's a, <laughs> we will come in and we will sit in a circle actually facing out and then we'll be shoulder to shoulder if everybody's comfortable if not we'll space out a little bit more the point is that you aren't having any judgment and we aren't looking at everybody else we're just with our own thoughts and the meditation is just focusing on our breathing and our laughter and so if you have to get one little memory in your mind here you can pull that memory up and just stay with that one memory now, what it doesn't allow you to do is we aren't in left field, you know, running around. We're not thinking about the bills. We're not thinking about, I need a new starter for my car or anything like that. So it mm -hmm. helps us stay present. We burn calories. You burn four calories a minute. So we'll burn 120 calories. Nice. Your abs will hurt. Okay. And the whole point is if you can't laugh that whole time, it's okay. You can uh, fake laugh. A lot of people don't realize when you fake laugh, you have your body is still doing the same thing mm -hmm. and you still get the benefits of laughing. So just being in the vicinity of somebody else laughing and it's connection, 
right? Mm -hmm. So doing stand-up comedy, I wanted to take it a little bit further because laughter is the connection that connects us at a comedy show. The thing is, if you're at a five-minute open mic night and say the person up there isn't that funny, you know, it kind of changes the whole vibe of the room. And so I want this to be a healing connection in what we're doing. So I'm super excited to do that. Yeah, it's going to be in Ortonville, Michigan. Mm -hmm. I'm originally from Michigan. We live in Tennessee right now. Well, forever. And we've moved here five years ago. And in in July, we're going to visit. And so July 15th, it's a Thursday night. It's six o'clock at the Old Town Hall in Ortonville. We're going to have a live laughing meditation for 30 minutes. And then we're going to do a live podcast recording. Oh, nice. So let's talk a little bit more yeah. about the laughing meditation. Cause I do, like, yeah. as you know, I'm just getting into meditation, that type of stuff. Um, sure. so does like with laughing meditation, is that like put you into a different state? Is that kind of part of what you're trying to do there or. Yeah. So what happens is when we're in our everyday work life or family, or, you know, we kind of get caught up in a lower vibration. So, you know, if you have people that are say grouchy or crabby, or, you know, always needing you and you're having to give your energy out in a way, this allows you to pull it back. Oh, I just got chills. And we're going to take our energy back, get that power. And then we're going to be present for 30 Mm -hmm. minutes. So when we tap into the unconscious mind, when we're present, then that's where the meditation is. And it'll allow us to um, just have those benefits as well. So yeah, it's people think, oh, it's just laughing for the sake of laughing. Okay, yeah, you can, yeah, kinda, I guess. But really it is, it's the, for the benefits. Yeah, well, it's like an anchor in a way or like a shifting, like, you know, cause you can shift state and a lot of times yeah. we don't, we just let the world beat us up. So this right. is a way, like, I guess, would be a tool to, like, you have a bad day, whatever, or you just need a break from it. You can do it from 5 to 10 to 15, 20 minutes, whatever you need, and it will help you get back in that yeah, flow state yeah. for better, better like of work. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's a very good point. And then also what happens is, you know, when I was talking about that lower vibration, this helps you resonate at a higher vibration, which then allows you to feel connected, feel that happy feeling, feel important and empowered and worthy. And Mm -hmm. just being in that group and that energy of laughter really helps you. So the other benefit too, is even when people come to the laughing meditation online, the virtual events, the thing is, if you have stagnant energy in your house, you know, kind of when you feel like a spring cleaning Mm -hmm. and just getting that fresh air in and feels good. If you, if you just turn the, the laughing meditation on and hear me laughing in your space, it clears out the negativity in your space. Mm -hmm. So you don't even have to laugh in your own space. You can just turn laughing on and yeah, so it can actually change the energy in your, your space. No, that brings up a good point. Cause I, I've done that with music before I've yeah. done that with, um, walking or other stuff. I had never like, you're the first person I've ever met that's done the laughing meditation. So it's kind of like a cool little, maybe it's not a niche, but I kind of consider yeah. it a niche. Yeah. Well, like I said, I just want to take stand-up comedy because it really is subjective. And I wanted to take the healing benefit of the comedy show to the next step. And I have this amazing ability to laugh. I couldn't laugh. Well, I actually applied to Guinness Book of World Records for the longest laugh. (laughs) And I did get rejected because they said it was not able to be counted. So 
there there were too many like mm -hmm. open loops that they weren't able to to they couldn't like process it. Yeah, okay. exactly. So what is the longest amount of time you've left? Oh, honestly, so I did an actual 45 minute laughing meditation. And out of the whole group, there was about 30, I think there was 32 of us. And out of the whole group, I even the and even the facilitators couldn't laugh the whole time. They were fake laughing. Mm -hmm. I was literally the only one that was legitimately laughing the entire time. So I know it's more than 45 minutes. Nice. Nice. Yeah. That's crazy. Um, yeah. No, I've, I've been on a couple of yours. Um, I've left maybe two to three minutes. That's about yeah. my max at the moment. But. Yeah, I think in when COVID first started, I thought, let me do this two times a week. And then I think at one point I was up to about 24 minutes. So mm -hmm. yeah, but then now I just do like two to three minutes as like a little pick me up for people to pop on when they, you know, it's because sometimes it's in the middle of their work day or first thing in the morning or at night. So mm -hmm. I try to space them out at different times. They can join in there. But I do have videos on YouTube that you can can look at, listen to anytime. No, that's good. And does yeah. that play into like the NLP stuff that you do or is that a different aspect? Yeah. So NLP is more of my coaching in, in my coaching um, position. And so and I feel like it's more like a facilitation, right? I feel like coach is, it might be an overused word at this time. Mm -hmm. um, but I really feel like a facilitator of healing is how I feel sure. about it, where NLP is just how are we processing information and how do we use it in the world? And how, how does somebody have a choice in how they're seeing things? A lot of times when people feel that they're stagnant, not just in their energy, also in their space and in their mindset. And so I think people just need a different way to look at things. I can mm -hmm. remember one of my coaches, um, I was having some issues at, at the job I was in nine to five. And I said something about the one girl I worked with. Um, you know, she was real lazy and would let me do all the work. Well, of course, she's going to let me do it all because I'm yep. doing it all. And she said, what if she wants to get fired? And I thought, Oh my gosh, I have never in my life thought about that. And so it's really just taking taking a, a situation, a thought, a process, a feeling, and really just kind of coming out around it at like different degrees, mm -hmm. right? And that's really how I feel about NLP. It's literally changed my life and my healing. And I've worked through a lot, which is funny because I would say if you had asked me three years ago, are you happy? My answer is always yes. Like I'm living my best life. I mm -hmm. just didn't realize that I had some things in there that like I'm living in joy about 99.9% .9 of the time. Right. And so like, but now like it's bliss, right? So getting those cobwebs kind of cleaned out of there really, really helped. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something that a lot of sales professionals, entrepreneurs, people like that, we, we deal with that because um, at least from my experience and other people I know, we kind of find our thing to do to hide right. from the things we don't want to deal with. Yeah. And um, just getting into this world has been kind of interesting to me to kind of learn that aspect of it. Yeah. Um, but that makes sense. Reframing is good. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. And just the language that people use. And really, I feel like with the tools of NLP, it's so powerful to have an awareness around things that are being said to you. And even just when you're being pitched to and you didn't even know it, you know, mm -hmm. even on the news or commercials and things like that. So just having that awareness around, oh, I know what you're doing. <laughs> 
Well, because we use it. Like I use it in my sales job all the time. And with training yeah. people and all, it's just reframing how we say stuff, sure. how you present things to people, getting them to go along the, the process. Right. Um, so another question I always like to ask people yeah. is knowing what you know now, what would you tell or encourage your younger self say it could be eight, 18, whatever age you want to go Ooh. back with. What, what would be some key things you would just say? Like, yeah, whatever you what want. A great question. Especially having that openness on any age. I would say, uh, probably about my, I would say I did my first comedy show all by myself. It was 60 minutes. I would say, the minute I did that show, I would say to myself to stick with that because mm -hmm. I had a corporate job and I felt like, you know, the whole time I had been, um, I don't want to say program, but I feel like my, my family's belief was, you know, if you have a corporate job, you can make a lot of money, which mm -hmm. I, I was yeah. At the same time, there's, so, it's, it, it didn't feel like the greater good for me. Right. And so I felt like when I was on stage, not not just the shine of the spotlight or the microphone, or it was literally the energy that I had. And it's not a control thing. It's a, it's an energy share. Mm -hmm. Right. And so I, even though I have the microphone, I'm just saying something that ripples out for everybody to hear. Yeah, well, feel. that makes sense. That makes yeah. sense. It's like you stepped into who you were supposed to be yeah. instead of yeah. what your family puts you in. Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I just, I really had a severe fear of success. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, because I had, uh, oh gosh, limiting beliefs around money and mindset and, you know, stand-up comics don't make any money and then you have to travel all over. And I had a baby and, mm -hmm. you know, there's just so many, the cons outweighed all the pros, but even though my heart was in the pro that, I would tell myself to, to just do it. I was so scared because I feel like I really could have hit it big and not in a cocky way. I'm just saying that really scared me mm -hmm. because I felt I didn't want my space violated. I didn't want, I wanted to be able to grocery shop and not, you know, have everyone yeah. rush you and just different things. But, you know, looking back, I would say the, the benefits would outweigh the fear. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, let's, let, let's talk about that a little bit more, because I think yeah. a lot of us have that. I know it might sound funny, but that fear of success, sure. because like I grew up in small Midwest town. You're supposed yeah. to go to the factory, go get a job, work there for 30 years, do the right. thing. And I was always a square peg going into the round hole. It just yeah. it didn't work for me. I could play right. the game, but I hated it. Yeah. How did you start to overcome the, the fear of success and did you have any like tools or techniques that you used or was it just life happened? Yeah. So uh, when I first started comedy, I only started because I had three people in one day tell me, Hey, you should do stand up comedy. And I thought, <laughs> awesome. okay, that's not a coincidence. Yep. Right. And so I scheduled my own show and then I would sporadically do like an open mic or people. So I feel like the universe was still telling me to keep, to do this. Mm -hmm. And I kept shying away. So I kept doing it. I'd write new material for each show. I did church shows. I did bars. I did, you know, open mics. And it, it wasn't until we moved here to Tennessee because, you know, and that's literally 20 
after my first show, that was like 22 years ago, I did that. Mm -hmm. Um, when we moved to Tennessee, I didn't know anybody. And so I took advantage of having this skill because I still was doing, you know, working a few jobs in Michigan. And when we moved here, I thought this is perfect. Nobody knows me. And this is a great way to meet people. Mm-hmm. And so I would meet other comedians. And so I really just had to step into myself when we moved here, because before, you know, we had a daughter and I could meet people through her school and work. And, and then now I'm not Madeline's mom, you right, know, right. I'm not, Oh, this is Josh's wife, you know? Mm-hmm. So now it's just me, Jenny McKinney. And, you know, you can't just go to the park and meet people. Cause now you're a creeper, right? Like, <laughs> So I really started to branch out because uh, the coffee shops were fun. The thing is, I don't drink, so I don't hang out at a bar. I mean, the right. only bar I should be at is the salad bar because there's no. <laughs> 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 and so I really just stepped out into myself when we moved here. So mm-hmm. keeping myself busy, you know, finding who I am, what do I want to do? Because I really feel like the energy that we're in here is a lot different than Michigan. And I mean it in the sense of where, and well, you know, right. You're from Michigan. And so, yeah. So just being in the, in a feeling where you, it's not that I never felt like I didn't fit in in Michigan. I knew that if I could just get to somewhere else, it would literally let my whole soul open. Mm -hmm. And that's how I feel here in Tennessee where the sun shines you know, if it's raining, I know that in just a few hours, it's going to be sunny again. There's mountains, we hike, there's yeah. animals. I mean, it's gorgeous. And so, no, no, I get you. I get yeah, you. yeah. I and moved so a I, thousand miles away from Michigan on purpose. I literally right. moved to Texas. <laughs> right. Um, I, it was like, I had to get to the point where I had to get out of what my family thought I was doing, what yeah. their expectations and all were on me. Right. They're great people. Don't take it wrong. It's not like I, I, I don't have like the long, horrible story of childhood of how it was bad. It was just sometimes sure. you have to get to a new environment, new energy, whatever term you want to put there so that you can become who you're supposed to be. So that's yes. great. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit more about now you've been podcasting. You have how many podcast episodes out now? 81. I think 81. We just posted our 81st podcast. That's awesome. And you have a person that you do a podcast with, or is this something you do solo? Yeah, this this <laughs> little noob. He's my brother. It's uh-huh. my real brother in life. So, yeah. yeah. So, my brother, Jeff Jones, he is... So, Jeff Jones is... His, his uh, forte is more like improv and writing stories. And like, I love taking a story and then just spitting it out, right? Like I just get it out there for the laugh. And he really kind of like, he really NLPs it. Like he manipulates it, like puts it all and then just makes it this whole amazing thing. And so a lot of my comedy is stuff that we talk about and then write funny stories about or funny stories from when we were growing up and just sharing that. So, but we have two different comedy styles. And so it's really fun to take what he says. And then I think, no, that is not funny. And then he just keeps going with it. And then because it's so crazy, it turns out to be so funny. 
No, that's good. Well, I know when we were at the mastermind, you had me doing one-liners all the time. Yeah. Stories, and I was just like, it, it just like pulled out of me. Right. Maybe that's yeah. a gift you have. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the energy that I literally create. Like, I just want everybody to be their authentic self. You know, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't, first of all, you can't look like this and have judgment, right? right like, right. You know, people, people come up all the time and they're like, I'm so sorry, my daughter, you know, cause let's say, for example, one time I'm walking out of Walmart and this girl's like, mom, 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 there's a clown coming. And she walked up. She's like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I was like, I can't look like this and be upset about it. Right. Yep, yep. So I just, I think it's really just being me allows mm-hmm. other people to be themselves. And so you don't have to put on a, well, I don't want to say mask because, you know, we don't have to anymore, (laughs) but I mean like an energetic or spiritual or whatever mask you're Mm -hmm. putting on, like we don't have to do that, you know? And so just, and the, the amazing thing is when you laugh, even if I don't know you and we're laughing together, Mm -hmm. we're still connected. And so that's really like creating that space for you just being you, you know, I Mm -hmm. want the best for you. No, I love that. And like I said, when we met three weeks ago and all, I just was like, we didn't have to have the mask on. We didn't have to be like, I'm the salesperson. You're the comedian. Right. No, it was just like family and just getting together, which was yeah. great. Yeah. Just having a great time, enjoying, like enjoying each other, telling funny stories. You know, it's not about the upset or, you know, if somebody's being vulnerable, I, you know, we all feel that and share that and just let that know that person, you know, like, Hey, we're here for you. You know, we don't have to get in the space, you know, we can just create the space for that person. And so, and it's not, you don't have to, you don't have to reply every time, you know, somebody says something too. Mm -hmm. I think silence is saying a lot. I'm learning that a lot, especially since our mastermind silence is, is very loud. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm trying to learn that. I still have yeah. that habit of they said that I want to say something, but, you know, right. I'm getting there. I'm getting yeah. there. So since was that that was my first mastermind I had ever been to. Had you been to one before or was that the first one you've been to in person? No, that's my first in person. I've been to a few online. Um, mm-hmm. It just has a different feel, you know, yeah. because you come in and then, you know, everybody just kind of meets and then, you you know, you're still at your house. I feel like there's a bigger shift allowed when you're taking out of your comfort zone. Yes. Yes. No, I agree. I think that whole being in Glacier National Park, meeting everybody, doing the walk, doing the stuff. Well, yeah, we'll we'll save that part for another day. But um, I would highly recommend masterminds for pretty much anyone um, in business sales, life in general, really. Absolutely. Yeah. If you're on the, if you are thinking about attending one, I would 100% do it. There's not any one part I regretted. And I took three flights to get there. <laughs> yeah, you did. You did. I remember. I remember. Before we let you go, we'll have to talk about the Carol story because that was hilarious. Oh, my that gosh. cracked me up. Yes. I watched your video three or four times. I was laughing Carol, so hard. gosh, bless. Like that, everything, <laughs> I just, my whole perspective since we left Montana is nothing is a coincidence. Like my <laughs> hashtag not a coincidence every single day since then. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. So so before we get into the funny Carol stuff and all, we were talking about that. Um, One of the big things we learned about there was just taking a moment and being still. Mm -hmm. And all, which for me, as a atypical get stuff done type of person, I don't stop. So I've been trying to do it. When I talked to Marshall on my last podcast, I'm up to eight minutes now. Mm -hmm. How has that been going for you? I know you were doing meditation stuff beforehand. 
or what was your biggest takeaway from the, from for me, for the masterminding was be still and just be in the moment. Yeah, I think, so the biggest takeaway I had was to slow down to speed up mm-hmm. and really the silence. So after the mastermind, I, so I've been doing guided meditations or music meditations and I, I was up to, I could do anywhere from like 30 to 60 minutes and, but being quiet. So now I've actually learned that the silence is really where I need to be to really reflect and figure out. So for example, last night, right before I fall asleep, um, sometimes I'll wear my headphones and listen to music or, you know, just to relax. Mm -hmm. And I was just being quiet and I seriously heard like, Hey, sweetie, you're playing too small. And then I fell asleep. So that was the first thing I thought of this morning. I was like, Oh my gosh, Mm -hmm. like, I couldn't believe I remembered it Um, because a lot of times when things come to me, I have a lot of jokes I write at night because of that. And so I write it on my pad of paper right next to my bed. Um, But I feel like the silence is big. So I've been working out in silence and actually I start talking to myself really nice now. Like you can do this. Whereas before I'm like, this is taking too long. My legs Mm -hmm. hurt, you know, and it's so easy to get so negative. And now I, so I, I, for, well, at the mastermind, I blabbed out of my mouth (laughs) that I was going to sign up for a half marathon and just shot out of my mouth. And I even (laughs) thought, what the crap? And so when I came back, I did sign up for the half marathon. So I'm training for that now. And so I'm on the treadmill for about an hour and talking to myself staring at the white wall and our music is so loud at the gym and I bring earplugs to, to drown it out. And then I put my headphones on top of it. Um, and it really has made a huge difference where I'm like, you can do this. This is fine. And not only that, you know, if I'm going to be running in how many ever hours of silence anyway, then I need to be ready and mentally prepared. And it just changed my whole perspective of working out myself my body, my mindset. So mm-hmm. yeah, I would say that's the, the biggest. Now, it, I liked what you said about the talking to yourself and telling yourself good things because this world's crazy negative. Yeah. Um, again, a lot of people that are probably listening to this are in environments. I don't know if you've been in a sales gig or not. It's very negative. What did you do for me lately? And right. um, I'm just thinking back to, you know, when we had to look at each other and go, you're amazing. Or I love you for, or right. I, I am encouraged like that whole thing. Yeah. And I just thought that was a great mental shift. I've been trying to apply that, especially when I started getting in the negative or I didn't do right. this or I didn't do that. Yeah. So it's, it's been a good shift there for me too. Yeah, absolutely. I've actually taken that, that one step further. And when I came home, I do that in the mirror now. So I do that, that energy exercise to myself. Oh, that's good. That's good. Yeah. I've been yeah. practicing on it on my eight-year-old or oh yeah, nice. she, she's six. I just made her go up two years. Oh, okay. Not do that. Um, but like just getting there, standing, and she loves it. She eats it up because kids are just such an open book. Yeah. So, absolutely. you know, doing it with my wife and I tried that a little bit. It was a little weird just because it's, it's just sure. weird when you look into someone, but I think yeah. it's a great exercise. Yeah. For sure. And it's so amazing. That's so phenomenal that you can teach your daughter that and allow her those skills to, to use when she gets, you know, if, if she's stressed out or as a coping mechanism, or even just a silence practice, mm-hmm. you know, 
because then how amazing is that when she starts into like her puberty years and like she's having chemical and hormonal changes how awesome would that be i mean if i could go back oh my god yeah. no, no i'm with you like yeah. the stuff looking back now i wish i could go back a little bit but then i'm like well, wait a minute then i wouldn't have all the fun stuff i have now right experiences i have right now. right i like oh, yeah do i want to do i not want to right but yeah. So next fun question, I always like to ask different unique questions would sure. be if you could go into the future or into the past for one year, learn anything you can and then come back, would you go into the future or the past? And what would you want to learn? Ooh. It's a really hard question. I know. It really is. Um I'll tell you the very first thing I thought though, cause I don't want to change it. Mm -hmm. um, my very first thought is that my, so my cousin passed away uh, four, five years ago, five years ago. And I would say I would go back and spend a year with her to, because she was a teacher of teachers. Mm -hmm. And I feel like we, we were best friends anyway, you know, soul sisters. And so I feel like if I could just have a year with her and get that knowledge and just have her share more, we were spiritually connected and energetically connected anyway. But I feel mm -hmm. like if we could, like she wrote a book to teach teachers. And if I could just spend more time with her on the mindset of schools, and so I feel like that might've changed if, and then come back to now, I feel like it would allow me to just bust right into schools. I'm doing things with schools now, but I feel like if I could just go back and then come back, mm -hmm. I would have a different, different opportunities and probably a different, hmm, I don't know. I feel like there's something in the schools that I'm not doing yet. And I don't know what that is. So mm -hmm. I feel like if I did go back, that would allow me to, to have some clarity around that. Yeah. Is that part of you maybe thinking you're playing too small? Is that playing to that a little bit or? Yeah, that could be. Yeah. Because I feel like with kids, um, especially like middle school and high school ages, you know, just with hormonal changes and, you know, f I, they don't want to be by their parents, but really that's the, the time that they need them to be there. Yep, yep. You know, it's, it's just that like awkward time. And yeah. I really would love to work with the kids and with the parents you know, for, because like at 14, I was suicidal. And mm -hmm. so that shifted our whole family. I mean, yeah. I had to go home and tell my mom that I, you know, went into the counselor's office and said that. And so I just have this like really soft spot in my heart for kids that feel like there's just no way out, you mm -hmm. know, and no, there no, really no. is, there is a choice, you know, there are options and, and I would hate for anybody to feel like they never had an option. And so I don't know. I feel like I can just, I don't want to say save the world because that's, you know, a huge undertaking. I just feel like I can help shift people's mindset to mm -hmm. see things in a new way is yeah. all. But but you can save the world around you. I think that's yeah. the thing people get caught up in. Oh, I want to save the world. What does that mean? Well, start where you are. Yeah. Yeah. I do know. love that. I mean, and yeah. you are saving the world because you only know the world you see. Right. It's not that you don't care about other people, but you just only know the world you see. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So if I could definitely make an impact on the people in my life or in the neighborhoods. So for example, I, we have this amazing mentoring program in our school district here in Tennessee, where you can apply to be a mentor for like a middle school child mm -hmm. and that has a you know rough life. 
And so I've done that for three years now. So I'm nice. just, a, well, I don't want to say I'm just, I want to say like, I'm a lunch buddy, mm-hmm. which means I go have lunch with a little nugget at the middle school. And, you know, like here comes this clown in mm-hmm. to have lunch. And then it's almost like, everyone's like, Ooh, she gets to have lunch with Jen, you know, mm-hmm. because you know, all the other little kids are just, I don't want to say envious, but like if they have good lives, that's amazing for them. It's just when I have this one hour with this little, you know, middle schooler whose life is falling apart. Mm-hmm. And if she wants to mix her chocolate milk and her French fries, I mean, whatever. I don't yeah, know. it's cool. It's great. Yeah. It's, You're just I'm trying not line. to get sick, yeah. but <laughs> well, you don't have to do that part, but you're, you're doing right. kind of what we learned. You're holding yeah. space. You're doing, yeah. you know, the things that they need. And that that's awesome. I love that. Yeah. And just having that connection. So the amazing ability that I have is that when I do go in there and they don't want to talk, if I just start laughing, you know, because middle school kids are, that's just a goofy age, you know, yeah. and people are getting, there's, you know, six feet tall kids and there's three feet tall kids. And there's just, it's so, such a great mix. Yeah. And being in that environment it just makes me laugh like the energy in there is just funny and so if I start laughing each time with the the girls that I've been working with they laugh so hard and sometimes the one girl we didn't even talk for the first three visits we would just laugh Mm -hmm. and she would just eat her food and and we would you know I'd ask her questions and then uh she would she slowly opened up but when I finally asked how many kids she had she thought that was hilarious. And that was like, that opened the floodgates. She's 11, right? Like it's yeah. the silliest question. And I just thought like, Hey, how many kids do you have? <laughs> and but so, it got her to open up. That's yeah. what you were trying to do. That's yeah, perfect. that's exactly it. And so after that, and then, um, and then we, you know, abruptly had to break up because of COVID. So that was mm-hmm. kind of awkward, but I, I wrote her letters and I just feel like that, can make such a difference you know if anybody is struggling out there with their kids you know they can go somewhere with their kids too to just facilitate that communication Mm -hmm. you know sometimes you might not feel like you know how to communicate with your child and that's that that is a that is a a hard thing to navigate sometimes yeah no that's I actually had a buddy of mine tell me something that was really really good and I'm just going to share it real quick yeah when they're young date them boy girl doesn't matter go out do stuff with them like three four five six years old let them tell you about everything yeah this means engage not looking at your phone and your paper or right. anything being engaged with them when they get older they actually talk to you yeah and i found this happen with my oldest daughter who's 18 she still tells me a bunch of stuff my son does it and i'm working on doing it with the little one now yeah um but it was just a good practice I wow. love that. Yeah. It, yeah. It's something that I apply that's like that. That makes sense. Yeah. I can remember when our daughter was little and I remember thinking I'm going to treat her like she's an adult in mm-hmm. the way that I communicate with her, not adult content. Understood. I'm just saying Understood. like, you know, as I'm talking to her, include her in conversations, explain to her why things are happening. And I can remember people around me saying, why do you talk to her like that? She's two. And I said, because she's not going to be two forever. Right. And sure enough, then as she got older, she was more inquisitive and she could explain things better. And now she's an amazing problem solver and she's mm-hmm. a chemist and, you know, she talk about save the world. Gosh. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah. But I'm still trying to lose the baby weight. So don't worry about it. <laughs> well, you know, we, we, we all have our struggles. I have not been she's, working out. I need to yeah. get back into the workout train. It's just been 
because you know I went on vacation and I've just I'm still been in vacation mode. I need to get back into the yeah. Team. I oh do. well, that's you. okay. She's 24. <laughs> I think I'm. It's not baby weight anymore. <laughs> but but you are doing a marathon or a half marathon. Yeah. Sorry, I almost doubled yeah. it for you. Yeah. Oh um, yeah. Don't sign me up for the other part. <laughs> yeah. That would be yeah. good. So yeah. Do I, you? Okay. Sorry. And no, go ahead. I was say, okay. So do you, with being a business owner, you have a lot more freedom. So you can do stuff like doing the thing with the middle schoolers and all. Yeah. Um, do you find, and I think it ties back into, you mentioned the corporate job. If you're stuck in your corporate job, yeah. you wouldn't have that same type of freedom to do what you're able to do. Cause you can kind of manipulate your schedule a little bit easier being in business for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. So what I did is I left my nine to five last year uh, they, they laid us off. And then after they brought us back, um, probably November. And what I realized is because I had started my own company in February Mm -hmm. and I still stayed working full time, but when we got laid off and I started doing, I started working with a coach and then realized like, Hey, I really love this. I want to incorporate this into my business. And so now what I do is consulting for the business that I used to work for. So it allows me that flexibility to say, yes, I'll work with you you know, with your company and there's not so many limitations on Mm -hmm. it, but I have the freedom to say, okay, I can be here from nine to one because I have coaching clients or I have, um, I can't work this week. You know, that's okay. Yeah. It gives you the freedom. Definitely. Yeah. And it's, it's a disconnect, you know, from that, because before when you work for somebody, it almost feels like you're tied down. Right. So to create that freedom mindset, that's why I, I do consulting for them now. So, No, that's perfect. And I think a lot of people listening to this are wanting to go from the corporate world or being stuck in a job to whatever their dream may be. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, being able to renegotiate that or like you talk about with the NLP, reframe what you were right. doing for them is amazing. That's yes. great. Yeah. Yeah. And it just has a different feeling around it too. I feel like not that the, I feel like there's less squeeze on me, if that makes sense. The, um, even though we're all still doing the same job with the same people and I'm loving and super grateful for that opportunity. And it just feels different Mm -hmm. because I feel more in control of it as, as my business where I'm offering my services. I'm not you know, being told what to do or being treated a certain way. Because if I think, okay, I don't like that. I don't have to participate. Mm -hmm. So that's okay. No, that's good. So I'm going to ask you one more question. And then we we, we do have to do the Carol story because if not, I'm going to, like I totally would do it. Yeah. But so for date, well, I might do two more questions. Okay. Let me rephrase my statement. So for your daily habits and routines, do you have a set habit and routine that you do, or do you just kind of flow through the day? How do you operate with being a business owner, comedian, everything that you do? Yeah. So the absolute necessary, like my necessary non-negotiable is the first hour to two hours of my day. And so what that means is I get up, uh, usually my dog will wake me up pretty early, nice. uh, about four or five. And then I journal, I do a meditation and then I go work out. And so I don't look at my phone until after I do those things. So what I've learned is that I'm, I don't allow myself to start giving to others until I fill my own cup for the Good. day. Yep. Yeah. So, so that's the most important, is very important thing. 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then during the day, so if, uh, you know, say I'm doing customer service and consulting and coaching and have all these people and you just been in a lot of energy and you just feel a little, I don't want to say overwhelmed, I want to say energetically drained. So if I'm, you know, taking a lunch break at 1.30, I'll literally just take a quick nap for like eight minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, and I've so done then, that. Yeah, no, I love it. And it's just like, I'm refreshed and I pop up and I'm good to go for the rest of the night. And then at the end of the night, I stop answering any emails, uh, chats, you know, any social media, anything, usually about an hour and a half before I go to bed. Mm -hmm. Just that way you have a start to your day and end to your day. Yes, absolutely. I do the same thing. I have time blocks with my job, with my podcast, with my coach, with everything that I'm doing. I've yeah. learned I have to be a lot more. So I used to be the, let's just do it. And I can just get it all done. And then I would crash and burn because I'd be too tired. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, let's say if I have, um, there's sometimes where I have meetings at six in the morning for, because people are in other countries, then my absolute non-negotiable is journaling. So mm-hmm. what I do is every day I get up and I tell my day what I want from it. So I literally put different statements out there for what I want from the day. Good. No, that's that. that I love that. Yeah. So now, without further ado, I just want to say that I want to hear the Carol story because I could tell it, but I would butcher it. And I yeah, was that's OK. Laughing, so Do you want me to just tell, tell the part where she was in first class? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. OK. Yes, that part. So, great. yeah. So, <laughs> OK. So, so I'm on the plane. I'm the last one on the plane going from Salt Lake City to Kalispell, Montana. And there's, it feels like one seat on the plane. And I see these two ladies staring at me and they're like, are you here? So yes, I'm there. I'm Mm -hmm. next to them. And we literally are like the three best friends that there ever was. Never met Beth, never met Carol. Yep. And they were irritated because they wanted the window to be able to be pulled up. Mm -hmm. So I get in there and I, I love the window being up anyway. So I, I want it up. So now we're BFFs. So I tell them you know, you're sharing intimate stuff, right? Like you you just met. And so I say, I have never used an airplane bathroom. Right. Never. Because I feel like the one time I do, it's going down and I'm not <laughs> going to bite it in an airplane bathroom. Right. <laughs> and so Carol's like, oh my gosh, she said, I'm extroverted. And my husband loves that except or it, she, he, he finds it irritating, except when it's good for him. Mm-hmm. And so she goes on to tell me that she, he comes over to her and he's like, Hey, honey, can you ask if we can go to first class? And she's like, okay, whatever. So this on a different flight. Mm -hmm. And so the attendant comes up and she's like, hi, can we get moved to first class? And she's like, Oh, let me check. So they come back, move Carol and her husband to first class front row, right? First seat on the plane. Mm -hmm. And he's like, all right, this is awesome. And she thinks, okay, well, I need to use the bathroom. Mm -hmm. And so Carol goes to the bathroom and she just pulls her pants down and turns around and just sits down and starts going. And what what Carol didn't realize is that somebody had put the lid down and she (laughs) she was just urinating all over the carpet. Oh my gosh. She's like, I thought we were going to get kicked out of first class because I 
peed all over the floor. I was like, Carol, that is not first class activity. Okay. Gosh, we were laughing so hard. I think the people in the front and back of us were like, can these people hurry up and get off the plane? Because this is too much. No, that's awesome. Yeah, that it was awesome. funny. So yeah. And then ironically enough, so Carol and Beth go on their way to Montana. Mm -hmm. And then as we're all leaving, like we all come back to the airport, we run into Carol and Beth totally separate. It was crazy. Not a coincidence. The universe was like, you, you friends need to meet, you need mm -hmm. to laugh, go do your thing and then come back and see each other again in a few days. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh -huh. I, I had not laughed that much in a long time. We laughed pretty much, but we were there four days. We cried, no. we laughed, and we had fun. That was, oh my gosh. That was, that was, it was amazing. an emotional roller coaster for sure. For yes. sure. Yeah, yes. definitely. Amazing. Definitely. So, yeah. where can people find you? Yeah. So, if you don't hear me laughing first, then you can look me up. I'm at so much com right? So I have my website right over here. Yep. And then I am on different social media platforms. So on Facebook, it's Jen McKinney, or you can go to my business page, which is so much Genergy. Then I'm on Instagram, so much Genergy. LinkedIn is Jenny McKinney. Okay. Uh, and then I have a YouTube channel, so much Genergy. The podcast is so much Genergy. And actually, we're on TV. You're on so, TV. Yeah. So we have a Roku channel. So nice. if you go to Roku and you look up at a channel, the channel is called Lions Pride Network. And we have our own So Much Genergy channel on there. And so we put videos on there. Uh, they're pretty awesome. So No, that's cool. So they can go to Lions Pride, look up Genergy, and yep. play your videos just yep. right on their TV. Yeah, I think we have 17 or eight. Oh, no, I think we're up to 19 episodes on there. Cool. Very yeah. cool. So yeah. what else is next for you? I know you have the uh, event coming up in Michigan. Do you have anything yeah. else coming up? Anything you're looking to you're yeah, doing so I'm, next year or so? Yeah, I'm actually looking at a space here in Tennessee. I met with the the owner of the building yesterday. They actually gave me a key that, so I guess that means it's a go that I can use the space for laughing meditation, mindset trainings. Um, I was doing a once a month mindset training slash comedy show. So mm -hmm. I'm really looking at, is that, does that work or should I just be doing laughing meditation? So I'm going to get some clarity on that. So I will, you know, put that out on social media once, once I figured that out. And yeah, so I have a, uh, a coaching program or an offer service mm -hmm. facilitation that is, um, you know, put together to allow people to heal, you know, facilitate their healing. And so with that, I will be putting my, uh, my own retreat together. I, I'm not exactly sure if it'll be at the end of the year or in February. I'm mm -hmm. really feeling like February because I feel like that's after the holidays, give everybody yeah. a breather. And then February is a good time because after New Year's and then let's, let's focus on us. So no, that's cool. Do you guys have a, do you have like a place set for that yet? Or are you just still looking or, you know, I'm not exactly sure yet because I feel like it would be so amazing to have it here in Tennessee, just mm -hmm. to allow people to, to feel the energy here. And there's so many gorgeous places for us to go and hiking trails. And, um, it's just so gorgeous. And I just feel like I would love if everybody could come here. So, um, I know that there is, 
uh, oh, an actual retreat place. It's called, um, hang on, let me see it in my head. Eagle's Nest Tree House Resort. Nice. Yep. So I talked to the owner of that, <laughs> ironically, about his business cards. Mm -hmm. uh, but we were talking about that. So he's in the process of building that. And it's new. It's about, it's probably about an hour from here. And we did talk about doing a retreat. I don't know if I'll be able to do the first retreat there. Cause I don't know if it'll be finished just yet. And eventually he he's going to have Ted talks and things like that there. Oh, nice. And so my goal is to really be on his stage. No, do it. Do yeah. it. Love it. Well, yeah. thank you. Thank you. Thank oh you. Oh my gosh. My thank podcast. you so much. I'm so excited for everybody. I appreciate you being here. I'll put some good little juju and energy out there for you. Awesome. <laughs> well, thanks everybody for being on the 150K podcast where we help you go from broke to six figures. I'm your host, Joe Graham. Uh, subscribe, like, and share this with all your friends and family, and we will see you next time. Have a great, wonderful day. Bye. Bye.